And in February of 2020, I was looking at commercial spaces, building out a business plan and trying to decide between moving into a space or building a space. And, um, and I was like set to meet in March to like create our own space in Bentonville. Um, and then obviously March, 2020, everyone's lives changed significantly. And my choice was either scale way up and take a huge gamble and build out a bakery in the middle of a global pandemic or scale way back and move back into my house and bake out of my house again. This is the Sourdough Podcast, the show about the innovators, leaders, and creative trailblazers in our sourdough community and the stories behind the bread. On this episode of the Sourdough Podcast, Annie Clapper joins me from her cottage bakery and home in Bentonville, Arkansas. We discuss her unique path to cottage baking from the documentary that initially inspired her to selling at a farmer's market within months of baking her first sourdough loaf. We talk about the evolution of her bakery, vegan baking, pandemic pivots, as well as her bakery coaching classes. Annie is a wealth of information on all things cottage bakery and has some great advice for new bakers. Shout out to our latest supporter of the podcast, Donna McCarthy, over at Donna Bakes. If you are in the Marina Del Rey area, be sure to look up her microbakery for some amazing breads, jams, and cookies. Check her out at, at Donna Bakes Things on Instagram and TikTok. I'd also like to thank Idrif over at the What's Good Dough podcast for helping to make this episode possible. The What's Good Dough podcast is a weekly show about pizza where they interview leaders in pizza and share the stories behind the maker. Go check out www.whatsgooddough.com backslash sourdough. There you will find interviews with sourdough pizza makers, including Sarah Minnick from Lovely's 5050, Rose Hill Sourdough, Dan Richer from Ratza, and so much more. Again, thank you to Donna and Idrif. If you'd like a shout out on the podcast, head over to the sourdoughpodcast.com and click on the support button in the top right hand corner. With your donation in any amount, not only will you be helping make the next episode of your favorite podcast possible, you'll get a shout out on air for you and your bakery. So head over to our website now and thanks for supporting the podcast. After this episode, be sure to head over to the sourdoughpodcast.com where you'll find an exclusive sourdough cookie recipe from Annie. And now here's my interview with Annie Clapper. My guest today is Annie Clapper. Annie is a Chicago transplant living in Bentonville, Arkansas, where she operates her cottage bakery, The Family Crumb. Annie started her bakery in 2018, has been an active member of the Sourdough Instagram community, where we've been friends for several years. She joins me today for our first IRL conversation. Annie, it's great to finally speak with you. It's great to talk to you too, Mike. I, I guess it was not truly IRL. Um, we're still on Zoom, but... It's still, yeah. you know, better than most Instagram um, baker, you know, communication. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, although the audio text is helpful when you're, like, mixing dough and can't type, right? That is true. That is true. Um, so, and you've been, like, one of those um, connector bakers, I feel, that all of us cottage bakers seem to know. And certainly someone, for me, who's always been there with an encouraging comment, helpful tip. Uh, and so, anyway, I, I'm... I, I, like I said, I always like, I enjoy like reviewing kind of like our Instagram uh, relationship, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah totally. And I, I'm always surprised like when I finally go back and look, I'm like, wow, I've been, you know, messaging yeah, with these yeah. people and you, I think since like 2018, like, 
Yes. If not I earlier. So. so yeah, I think that sounds right. I'm trying to remember. Back. Maybe. Yeah. We go with like, we go with <laughs> in the before times. The before times. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's, it's always fun to finally talk in person with somebody, especially yeah. a fellow cottage baker. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited to talk with you. So maybe we can start off with you sharing a little bit, maybe about your background and how you came to be a baker. Yeah. So um, I have a music degree that I don't use anymore. And then I, after that, I taught yoga for a while. And then we moved to, from. I'm from the city of Chicago and we moved here about five years ago. So like, I think many other guests on your show, uh, my husband and I watched Cooked one night, the documentary by Michael Pollan. Yeah. I was like, well, I've never had real sourdough. That, like, that's interesting. So I started making it like just for our family. And we had moved to Arkansas. We had a little, like a, a baby. My son, Robbie, was like not even one. Um, and I was just making it. But like my husband is a musician. So he was touring and traveling like so we could make ends meet. And it was somewhat miserable. And so a friend of mine was like, hey, I run the farmer's market. I've seen your bread. Why don't you try selling it? So it was sort of out of desperation that the family crumb was born where we were like, what avenue could we take so that you don't have to go out of town every week? Um, and that was like, it was very quick yeah. the transition to like cottage baking. And like, uh, it, it was six months before Matt had to, uh, like was able to not travel anymore. It was really wow. great. So within yeah. how many months of you baking were you selling at a farmer's market? <laughs> very quick. I felt really very much like an imposter because I had started baking in like January. And then I started selling at the farmer's market in June of 2018. So it was a very quick transition. It was like a real like learning on the job situation. Yeah. Um, and I, your I, podcast really helped. I was like, okay, let me listen to people who know way more about this yeah, than I do. That's great. Well, that's, I mean, that's yeah. how we all are. It's all like, we all make it, make it up as we go and like, you mm -hmm. know, ask other people how they do it. And, and totally. uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's how I got started with my cottage bakery is basically, you know, re-listening to these interviews and just saying, wow, these, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, if this, you know, stay at home dad and, or mom or, you know, can do it, then I, why can't I do it? So, um, yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, what uh, what kind of uh, family food traditions did you kind of grow up with? That was that like a was there anything from your childhood or upbringing that kind of like, or was it just a random uh, Netflix episode that got? I, I think bigger? that's a great question. It's like a combination, sort of, of the two. So, like, my parents worked um, a lot when I was growing up. Um, they ran their own business. They ran a publishing company. So hmm. uh, we we ate out at restaurants a lot. Um, and we ate at like nice restaurants because they would be meeting people or whatever. Um, so that was like a food tradition that unintentionally happened. Uh, but then the other thing was like, when they had time to cook, my dad would make bread, but mm. he had a bread machine. Uh -huh. So I remember the smell of like the whole wheat oh, yeah. that he would use. And it was, I can still remember it also because I don't know what was up with me, but I would eat bread with mint jelly on it. Do you ever, have you ever had mint jelly? I, I don't think yeah, I, I don't stand by this now, but seven-year-old Annie was super into bread with butter and mint oh. jelly on it. So my, it sounds disgusting now, um, but my dad would like have this fresh baked bread with a really crispy crust and then uh, like a very soft, fluffy interior. Um, and so that's like where I kind of connect with the bread, like as a kid, I think for me. But yeah, yeah. We, we would, it was a lot of like 
the, the food traditions were almost centered around like we had a little bit of time, like carve mm, a little bit mm-hmm. of time out together, whether it was homemade or not, we, we would be together. That was the, yeah. not a lot of, uh, other than that, there was no vegan food tradition though. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's interesting to me that your family, your parents are, uh, they own their own business. Cause I, I feel, yeah. I, I wonder if that's a thread, it's not in my family, but I wonder if that's a thread with other cottage bakers, like entrepreneur mm. mindset or just yeah. up, you know, growing up with, business people like you know people who do their own thing you know kind of work outside the box the traditional yeah i mean it is it it definitely like you know it's very appealing in a lot of ways and it's really hard work in a lot of ways and it's funny like my brother is also an entrepreneur uh he runs his own business so it it does weave our way we you know my husband runs his own sort of runs his own he's self-employed you know so it's i guess that's how we like to do it (laughs) So you are not a na- native Arcan Arkansas Arkansan, I Arkansan. think. Arkansan. Arkansan. You're from Chicago, that you said. Yeah. In, or, yeah. Or, I'm I from guess Chicago. I said that too. But. Yeah, yeah. So we're from this. I'm from the city of Chicago. Well, I grew up in the suburbs, and then we moved to the city, and that's where I spent most of my adult life until we moved here. Um, and it's funny, I wasn't into bread when we lived there, and now I like. I'm friendly with so many Chicago makers. And I'm like, every time we come visit, yeah. like, we're going to go see flower and we're going to go to publican and we're going to, you know, like do it up. Right. But um, yeah, I am from the city and what loved brought it there. You to but... Arkansas. So we live where Walmart is headquartered. Um, it's like, uh, I live like a quarter mile from the home office of okay, all of wow. Walmart. It's an odd place to live. Um, my brother and his wife moved down here like 10, 12 years ago. And then every time we'd come visit, we'd be like, this is not what we pictured Arkansas as. I had my own like, you know, city person view of what it would be. And I was totally wrong. Um, it's beautiful, like trails, mountain biking, mm. two art museums, like wow. within a mile of where we live, like gorgeous art museums. It's and the food is pretty good. Coffee's excellent. Like it's it's an it's an odd little pocket of the United That's, States. Yeah. And we love it here. Yeah. That's so cool that you found something like that. We me and my family, we just I'm from the Central Valley of California, which is very different from, you know, Southern California or San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And my wife is from San Diego area where I met her and and we so we yeah. recently also moved back to my kind of home neck of the woods like you know uh, central valley and so for her it's i was like i don't know we'll see if she's like how she adapts and she loves it same (laughs) same thing you know like you just need a few good little restaurants and a few little coffee shops and you know close close to family and you know that's so key pace of life so great yeah it's just yeah we love it so that sounds like you found something similar in oh it's exactly the the things you mentioned i'm like that's what we love about it i'm i'm a mile away from my brother i'm a mile away from my parents Mm -hmm. i can walk to great coffee bookshops whatever and then like you know i'm from the city city of chicago so when we i had my daughter i remember being pregnant with my son and like walking with bags of groceries i'd have to park two blocks away holding her hand you know like i remember thinking i love this city but i don't want it this bad like yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we'll do it again at some point, but not right now. Not with little. Yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. So you've been baking since 2017. 
very quickly, right? Jumped into, uh, you got a, a spot at a uh, farmer's market the next mm-hmm. summer, 2018. And, yeah. um, well, for, uh, tell me about, uh, tell me about the name of your bakery. I always feel like that's like an important thing I never asked. There's I mean, obviously there's people that pick the names that they pick for a reason. Um, yeah. Well, uh, the name is like a play on the family crest, uh, like not crust, but crest, sorry. Like, so crest. it's like our little, yeah. Uh, like, okay. I don't know. That was what we were really trying to play on words there. Um, and then the crumb is, you know, it's like the inside, it's what you're made of. So, um, it's like the fiber of our family in a lot of ways. It's my kids are growing up in a bakery. So, mm. um, there's that aspect of it. And then the logo is four wheat stocks and it's my husband, myself and our two little kids. So oh, like, you'll notice oh. the difference in height. Our graphic uh-huh. designer is um, a very dear friend of mine. Oh and she yeah. got my, my crazy. Yeah. You could see. Yes. Yes. You're, family I forgot you're drinking your represent. family crumb mug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mug is quite popular. Um, <laughs> I love it. Thanks yeah. to Casey from kind creative. I'm plugging her right now. Um, and then the, uh, timeline of our bakery is kind of odd and I think that's sort of how people have connected have like found me is because uh I started as a cottage bakery I moved into a commercial space from in 2019 I'm like is this the right time yeah 2019 and I baked out of a commercial space for a year subleasing from a local chef's sort of commissary kitchen okay so I was making bread out of his commissary with the idea that I would eventually build out like a commercial space And in February of 2020, I was looking at commercial spaces, building out a business plan and trying to decide between moving into a space or building a space and all of that. Um, And I was like set to meet in March to like create our own space in Bentonville. Um, And then obviously March, 2020, everyone's lives changed significantly. And my choice was either scale way up and take a huge gamble and build out a bakery in the middle of a global pandemic or scale way back and move back into my house and Mm. bake out of my house again. So I chose that one. Mm. Um, We bought a house instead of continuing to rent. And the day we signed our, like the day we owned our house, basically the day we closed, uh, I bought a Rothko and then of course waited forever for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Uh I think a lot of people have found me either because they like, are desperate and they're I still love. baking out of those ovens or like whatever else. Yeah. I waited forever for, I our love, you know, I love your story. That was, I mean, that was one of my questions, you know, cause I, I think every cottage baker had a completely different COVID experience, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and so you, it sounds like you had kind of been doing your thing for a while and was just, you sound like you were just about ready to expand or, or grow in yeah. a certain way you, you had, in mind <laughs> and then yeah. things took a different direction. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think come to think of it, that was the same thing with me was like, I had just start, you know, I've been just doing this as like a hobby and bartering and, and things that, uh, in yeah. my town. And then January, 2020, I, you know, I bit the bullet and I like went and got my whole permit. Oh, I remember. I remember when you got the Rothko and, and yeah. Well, when was that? Or no, that was later. Was that, that later? Was, that was later, but I, I decided to get my license and actually make it like a cottage bakery official, like January, 2020. And then obviously yeah. like things took a different turn. And um, so, yeah, it's just so interesting how everybody comes to it in a different way. Um, yeah. 
what so what else makes your bakery unique would you say I think part of the reason, and it's like all tied into the cast irons. I feel like that was really mm. a, like our claim to fame for a while or my claim to fame with all of that was we started it, as I said, like sort of out of desperation, like just we were ripping our hair out, trying to figure out how to live a full life without Matt being gone, you know, so much of the mm. time. So uh, we started with no money. Like I was proving all of our bread in, not in Bamatons, because who can afford a Bamaton? <laughs> But I was bringing them in those like Rubbermaid take-alongs that you get like uh-huh, at uh-huh. the grocery store. And then I would put like tea towel, oh, not tea towels, like um, flour sack towels because it's the cheapest yeah, thing you could find. Totally. And everything was just way, way, way on the cheap. And so I think newer cottage bakers saw me and like, you know, in the last few years were like, oh, I see the bread you're turning out looks pretty good for somebody who's doing it in like Rubbermaid containers. Maybe this is something I could, it was more, I think, accessible to newbies. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, that's yeah. things that everybody has around yeah. their house, and that's you know, that's how you're. That's how our our great grandmas used to do it. You know, like you yeah, know, buy fancy French baskets or you yes. know, uh, triple decker <laughs> uh, Belgian uh, ovens. Oh my gosh! You know, until, oh my until gosh. you have to, I guess, but. Yeah. Um, well, and that that was one of my questions was you know what what are some like you know, big changes that have happened other than COVID, you know, what have been some significant yeah. changes to your operation? Um, yeah. Cause I feel like cottage bakers were always kind of like in a, in a state of evolution, like mm-hmm. adaptation. Um, oh, always. If you're doing it right. Sure. Yeah. I you mean, know, like I, I think, and I think that's true in life, right? We're always changing. And if you're not, then like, of course, you might well, want to look at that. Is, <laughs> when I look out, you know, at the Instagrams, I'm always like, they seem to have figured it out and, you know, like gotten themselves in like a routine. You know, like when I see the people that are, mm. are, are, are pros, I'm just like, you know, I, I feel like every bake is like a question mark. Every, uh, every mix yeah. is like, it, did I do it? You know, it's like, I'm always just guessing for the most part. I always feel like, and I, but, and I think like you're saying, I, we're always uh, figuring things out. We're always learning. We're always adapting. Um, I think that's just a metaphor for life, right? We look at sure. our own mix and we're like, oh <laughs> gosh, did I put too much water? I mean, every day. And I, my mix are pretty consistent. They come out pretty consistent. But with my eye up close, I'm like, oh, this happened and this happened. Oh, yeah. and, uh, we're all perfectionists, like, I think. Right. And then you look at somebody else's bread and you're like, oh, that bread is always so good. You know? And I'm like, well, I didn't post my loaf that looked like a football. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the duds, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The grass is always greener on the other side because as the we angle call of the them, way you perceive the grass. Sure. Right? We call those the, the family loaves. The family yeah. loaves. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I live near my family. So my parents and my brother have a bread subscription because uh, they're the best. And they're always like, give us the burnt loaves. Give us the ugly <laughs> ones. Like, it's so nice of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always a few. Um, oh, what you had asked, what did you ask? Oh, what's changed? What's yeah. changed in, in my setup? So once we moved to our new house, um, I got the Rothko and I waited forever and ever for it. And then, um, we got a, we got, uh, a mixer. I have a great friend, local chef friend who was opening a pizza place is opening. It has a wonderful pizza place here now. Um, and the mixer that he had was a, 
bread mixer, huge, but not big enough to run a pizza restaurant. And he was like, Hey, I'll bring it by. It's a doyan. It's beautiful. Um, wow. So now I don't have to hand mix uh, anymore. I love it. It has a drain, which I really recommend oh, if you're buying a mixer. Jealous. That's like the one thing when people are like, what's the one that everybody has? The Estella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, it looks great, but it doesn't have a drain. How do you clean it? Difficult. Do you, do you it's, have one? It's, uh, I, I do have Estella 60 quart. It's It takes a lot of time. You got to scrape it. You got to rinse it several times, several. How months. do you get the water out when you're rinsing it? I just soap Scoop it. Scoop it? So, soak it up with a... a a rag, Cloth. you know, and, and squeeze it mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. water and I bleach it, you know, spray it with the bleach water. And yeah, it's a process. That's I'm a jealous. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so you got, you got your, you finally got your, um, your Rothko and a mixer. Um, oh, I have a Simply now too. It's sitting in my garage. I should say this because at some point okay. I'm, yes, at some point I'm going to have to write about the differences, but in my desperation to get a Rothko, because during this time, right, we're in the pandemic. My husband is a musician. So at the start of the pandemic, I'm, we both realized like the bread business is going to have to support us. Um, oh, wow. yeah. No one was, I mean, like Matt was doing remote recording, but not uh, anything live. So like with that came, I'm baking four loaves an hour out of my home oven. Um, and we need to support our family. So I, it was like 14, 16, 18 hour bake days. Like I was strung out, exhausted. Uh, and we get to like March of 2021, which is when Pleasant Hill had like pushed the date back three times, four times, something like that. And I called Justin from Humble in desperation. I'm like, Justin, help me. Do you know what I should do? So he's like, you got to get on the wait list for a Simply. This guy's great. Blah, blah, blah. So I was talking yeah, to wow. Stan from Simply. I just got that one. Recently? Um, I, yes, last okay. week. Uh, so I'm going to see which one I prefer because the Simply is really beautiful and it looks really well made. And um, there are some great local bakers here who would love to take the other one probably off my hands. Yeah. Or I feel like, at yeah. though, you know, once you get comfortable with one, you're going to wish you had two because you can cut your oh. bake time in half <laughs> i know i know that's what everybody all my like friends in our little micro bakery thread are like you're just gonna keep the second oven I'm like probably probably <laughs> only. yeah 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 well mm -hmm. i well so i got my rothko through justin also he was like hey mike yes. check this out there's a the guy selling he's the two. baker's baker oh man he was on it he's we the found, best we found two of them for sale uh, oh. a bakery, I think in Sacramento was going out of business and they had oh. hardly even used these, these two, uh, oh, ovens. Wow. and we, yeah, we jumped on it out, uh, Bonnie at Alcon Yeah, I was going to say, was it you and Bonnie? Yeah. yeah. We split it down the middle. So she got her second mm. Rothko and I got my first one. I was not like in the market. I, I was like, I'm going to keep doing the, cause I had, I have four, um, challenger pans, which. I love and oh, bake wow. amazing bread. I have a double oven. And so I was, mm -hmm. you know, I had two in each and I was cranking out, mm -hmm. you know, same like about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> and, uh, and it make, yeah. they make gorgeous crackly oh, gorgeous crust, bread. bubbly blistered crust. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, but then this opportunity fell in my lap and that's how I got mine. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, but I, so now I do, t I do the four, um, challenger pans and the rothko at the same time so i got about 
Nice. I can, I can bake 10 loaves at a time, basically, because I'll do six oh. in the graph yeah. So that's still, it, it keep, you know, if I didn't have the double oven with the challenger bread pans, like I would be kind of, I think, looking for a second oven at this point. Mm. Um, just because I can't imagine the time, you know, it, it basically, it's, I could still almost split my time in half, you know, um, with the Dutch oven. So. I wanted to take a quick break from our interview to thank the main sponsor of the podcast, WireMonkey, creator of the original UFO bread line. WireMonkey makes the highest quality bread scoring tools and accessories that you've undoubtedly seen in the hands of bakers throughout our sourdough community. Whether you are into intricate scoring and stenciling, the likes of at the gem the color or at Oak City Sourdough, or you're just looking for a dependable, easy-to-use, ergonomic bread lum, Wire Monkey has what you are looking for. I use mine every time I bake. Wire Monkey has several lum styles. They even have a sourdough podcast version in Walnut that helps support the podcast with every purchase. So go to thewiremonkey.com to buy yours online or find a reseller in your country. Now, back to the show. So we were talking about Rothko's and big changes to your, you know, uh, operation in recent, uh, well, was in the last year, I guess you'd say was the Rothko or? The Rothko was almost, let's see, it was, yeah, it was almost exactly a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was March. Well, whatever. It's been about a year. Yeah. It's been now, about a year. Now tell me about your kind of what, how is permitting licensing? How does that go? down in your state county i don't know how, how do they do it where you're yeah from? well people ask a lot um because i think it varies so greatly state to state i mean i know i'm familiar with california's laws more than probably any other state but yeah arkansas is very loose um i have never had anyone inspect my home kitchen i, I mean i have gone through the like how to get commercial licensing and all or commercial certified, et cetera, because we were in a commercial kitchen mm, for a while. Mm-hmm. But once your cottage food law, um, you fall under like that umbrella of baked goods. And as long as it's not temperature regulated, you're kind of on your own. Um, but you can't, I can't tell raw dough. People are always asking sure. about pizza dough and I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not going to risk my business on that. Um, things like that. I mean, that's where the vegan things are easy because like vegan stuff is not usually temperature regulated anyway um so that's handy yeah Yeah. it's very loose i mean i don't have a permit i haven't had to tell anyone it's the labeling so i have to have my home address on every label and it has to say homemade and i have to have the ingredients on every label wow yeah sounds sounds nice i wish uh sorry (laughs) is there anything oh man is there anything you if there was something that you could change about that system oh yeah would you change anything i mean i wouldn't really be opposed to someone coming and inspecting my kitchen because i keep it pretty clean and i i think it would be fine and i know i mean that i wouldn't mind that but what i would really love and i think it would that would be the cost is i would love to be able to wholesale so that's Uh where the line is in the sand in arkansas is they don't you're not allowed to wholesale. You can do pop-up events. And I think you can do special events. Like I just did a, like a fundraiser for a local charity and was able mm. to plug in there, but that's, it was a one-off. It wasn't like I'm here all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how it works with my County is if you want to do, if you want to mm-hmm. sell it, I guess, yeah, to a cafe or, you know, other than direct, it's called direct or indirect sales. You have to get the, yeah. 
uh, the home inspection. So yeah, let's not get into yeah. the California regulations. Um, <laughs> it'll, this, yeah, I'm not this, very knowledgeable about it. I know there are two kinds. This is, this interview will take a, a sour turn real fast if you get me on that topic. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> then you can, you can borrow my mug then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so you mentioned that you're a vegan bakery. Tell me about that. How did you, why, yeah. why is that uh, the path you chose for your bakery? Well, so when we moved here, so I guess I need to come clean and say, I'm not exactly vegan. Um, don't come for me vegans, but <laughs> I'm allergic to dairy. So okay, okay. when you moved here, like I know, you know, I'm from Chicago. So you go out to eat in Chicago, everywhere's got a vegan option, right? Like, well, not everywhere, but most places you're like, I'm allergic to dairy. And they're like, well, you can only have these two things. Um, but when we moved here, we're in the South, you go out to eat and they're like, Oh, you're allergic to dairy. Well, this just has sour cream. You'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I'll get violently ill. <laughs> so uh, we, yeah, like couldn't eat dessert anymore when we moved here. So um, when the bakery started, it was sort of irrelevant because it was just bread. And then yeah. a few months in, I started making small items. And I was like, well, if I'm making a cookie, I'm not making a cookie I can't eat. I just, I'm not. Um yeah selfishly so then i was like well am i gonna just make it vegan because there's nothing vegan around here like i would i would have the i would flood the market yeah so we just decided to do that um for that reason i'm mostly vegan and i i think it's fun to bake vegan because it's like baking with one hand tied behind your back sort of <laughs> it really forces creativity um i think it's really fun yeah and i won't sell it if it tastes sad because i don't know if you've ever had like a sad vegan cookie they just taste like they taste like sad feels. Yes, I, that's very um, accurate. <laughs> yeah, so My, I'm like, yeah. you won't see croissants on our menu because they would taste of sadness. Yeah, no, I we get it. My wife is also, I don't know what, she's not allergic, but oh, she has yeah. a, a severe she's, like sensitivity and it, she found yeah, out about dairy? this like 10 years ago, you know, and so. Yeah, same. But, you know, on, over here, I call them, you know, guilt cookies because I still, I just getting into the, the <laughs> well, that's, it has been kind of like an inhibitor to kind of like me tr trying new things because oh, I'm yeah, always like, she can't eat it. I always feel a little bit guilty, although she would never like, like, sorry. make me feel yeah. that way. But like, it's, you know, but so anyway, I just recently started uh, experimenting with cookies, obviously, after talking with Alex, uh, Alexander oh, Allen. She's How a could wizard. you not? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Inspired. She's amazing. She's um, amazing. But yes. She's like, going to be my neighbor. Did you I, know she's going to be my neighbor? I, I saw something about her moving. I'm so Arkansas. excited. She's moving like 40 minutes away from me. I'm so pumped. Wow. I'm sorry. totally derailed. No, 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 but no, she no. is like one of my dearest sourdough oh. friends. And she called me and was like, I might be moving to Arkansas. I'm so excited. What? That's awesome. I'm so pumped. Well, anyway, that, so that, yeah, you're while we're on the, t that was a listener question from one oh. wild woman baker. She wanted to Oh, know, I'm quite familiar. Well, she said, Big Mike <laughs> wants to know when the family crumb and wild woman <laughs> will be opening a bakery. Oh my God, Big I, I'm Mike. sensing an inside joke, which we don't need to go into, but, um, <laughs> She's moving. He's coming yeah. for your toes and your teeth. <laughs> oh, I told you I would cackle if you read a big mic question. You did. You did warn me. Okay, <laughs> I did. I warned you I would cackle. Um, we are totally doing a pop up. 
Maybe happening. you guys meet twenty minutes uh, both ways, and oh, we're gonna, we are gonna, we are gonna have so many carbs, and I'll, pr- I will likely eat one of her cookies and not feel well. Like they look like they're worth the pain. Oh, man. <laughs> the they pain are... of the dairy allergy. I, she they look sent me so a insane. box full of them before our interview, and I still have some in the freezer because I just cannot get through more than like a quarter at a time. They're just- I mean, they're what, like a pound? I mean, they're enormous. They're the size of a small pizza and- <laughs> so This is the size of a small child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so no, uh, I would I would probably, I would make a trip to Arkansas if you guys uh, joined forces, so. Oh my gosh, come visit. If you like mountain biking at all or beautiful trails or contemporary art or excellent coffee, come visit. Yeah. Um I haven't been out. And that. we will do a pop-up for sure. We'll I'll make I'll try and make giant vegan cookies. So you'll have like one that's Alex's, that's like the real deal, all the butter, all the dairy, all the mm-hmm. eggs, and then mine'll be like vegan, but won't taste like sadness. Is that so because I, I was thinking, well, my wife makes pretty good chocolate chip cookies with um coconut oil. Yeah. Is that what you what do you use? What's your substitute? I do use coconut oil. I find that the dairy people ask a lot of questions about substitutes and Instagram. So my go-to is not like one thing Mm. because the butter or the eggs or whatever, they serve so many different functions in different recipes. So it's really about replacing whatever the function is. So in cookies, I do a mix of warm water and warm refined coconut oil, mainly because I don't really want to pay for store-bought like vegan butter, whatever, because I don't think it tastes great. And also it's hella expensive. Mm, mm. Um, so I do refined coconut oil and water. Um, I use a pretty strong all purpose flour and then usually a whole grain. So like the gluten and the water in the flour act as a binder, like an egg. Mm, mm -hmm. So that works out well, but what, uh, now I'm curious, what recipe does your wife use for the cookies? I don't know what she uses. She probably found something online. We'll, We'll have to compare notes or something. Well, I, if you need one, I have a sourdough. Of, I veganized Jeff McCarthy, speaking of wonderful Well, and that's people. the recipe um, I've been messing around with. It's so but. good. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I my. made a, a s'mores cookies that was like a riff on that one, too. And it was, it's so good. His recipe is so good. Yeah. No, I, well, I've been doing, uh, well, I've only made it twice, but I, this last time I upped the whole grain percentage because I have Mm. access to local Sonora and um, Mm. after talking with Alex I'm like oh Alex uses Sonora I'm going to definitely start using the Sonora I have so I have about I've upped it to 50% um, Sonora um, which it's still not even a main ingredient compared to like butter and uh, sugar (laughs) oh yeah but it's I love I love being able to use it so Um, It makes a difference. I think the flavor is way more complex. And then also that's why, like, you know, when you're not using dairy, I think the sourdough really comes into play because you get the lacto fermentation that you would normally get from like a good cultured butter or whatever, Mm, like that, you know, that that kind of note. Um, But I also will substitute like nut butter to get the toffee notes that you would get when you mix brown sugar and butter together. You got it. It sounds like you got it dialed in over there. I'm always uh, trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I briefly touched on uh, local grain economy, so maybe we could steer it into that direction. Uh, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your uh, local grain economy. What's what's going on out there as far as milling? And you're you're the baker. 
Um, but mm -hmm. like as far as milling and, and local grain uh, growers. Yeah, I mill a lot of our whole grain. I mill all of our whole grains and then I get bread flour. Every grain I get is from Janie's Mill. I love Janie's Mill. They're not that far. I mean, they are far, but they're not that far. And, you know, my Chicago and heart is like, yeah. that's where all the Chicago uh, bakers yeah. go. Um, and we've, they're so wonderful to work with. We've gotten to like, you know, we drive to Chicago to see family. So last summer we were able to stop at their farm and like walk around the fields, see the like, see the whole milling process. It was really cool. Um, so I, you know, I work with, I love working with Janie's and it's all stone milled, which I think mm. really, um, it's really a difference in flavor, uh, there and then nutrition. Um, as far as other growers, we live near Kansas, so that's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. That's really exciting. Um, there are some great millers in Kansas and then, there's a local mill that we've used a little bit here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am mostly just like, I just love working with Janie's. They, uh, they know their stuff. They're so passionate about it. Um, and I, I love the grains that they, I just milled up today because I have like Baker's club, you know, so it's whatever flavor I feel like making. And I just milled up some black emmer for tomorrow's Ooh, uh, bread. Yeah. It's very, pronounced and it will quickly turn your bread to soup if you're not careful it's like so quick to ferment i actually milled it up friday i want to say to mix today because i wanted it to kind of chill out a little bit before oh, wow. i put it into the mix uh -huh. um yeah but it's a really interesting flavor that's so cool yeah. now are there your community there in bentonville what's their knowledge appreciation like what's the bread culture there are you Fine. Oh, obviously you found question, your yeah. obviously you found your people but yeah. is that like a is there much of a bread culture where you're there where is you're it's grown a lot in the last few years honestly but bentonville is a really weird town so we are where walmart is headquartered which means that we are a town full of like i think now the transplants over outnumber the people who are from here originally mm. i think it's something like Ugh, I'm I'm not going to get the statistic right, but it, it's an obscene number of people who are moving here every day, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, 30,000 people wow. every year or something, something mm -hmm. absurd. That's not right though. I think I've got it wrong. Don't, don't go me on it. Well, it's I can a lot see how that makes sense though. It's, it's not, it's not right. your average Arkansas town is what you're saying. Yes, it's not. Um, and with that, like the people who are moving here are moving here for jobs with either Walmart or, you know, like Tyson is near here, or like trucking company, but people who are high up on the chain of corporate America, right? So they're like coming from New York or LA or San Francisco or Denver or Chicago. Like a lot of my customers are transplants who are like, man, I really miss good bread. And then they look up Bentonville bread and they oh, find me and they're like, oh awesome. man, you, that's this so is great. Cool. Yeah. So people are really happy to have good bread. Um, and it's, I mean, it's very mutually beneficial. I love making the bread that people love to eat. Yeah. Well, and then there's that unique, like, uh, experience of like people missing it or like having, of having had that experience mm -hmm. of good bread before and then being, mm -hmm. you know, pleasantly surprised to find you and just like, yes. you're, you're their person yeah. now. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful that it's not just me too. Like in the last few years, 
uh, there have, I've seen more cottage bakers locally. Cause like I can only make so much out of my house. Yeah. I'm like, please, please make bread. It's okay. We can be <laughs> friends. Yeah, no, that's, that's, <laughs> and that's our community, you know, our baking community in general is like, yeah, you know, I don't think we're that competitive. Like we're always, no. you know, excited to have more people in the mix and, yeah. um, especially when it comes to like growers and millers it's like please mm -hmm. please come to my area please set something up yes um, i will buy as much as i can um yeah. so well i wanted to know and maybe this can lead into kind of like your uh bakery coaching um side yeah. gig which i think <laughs> is so cool but um, I feel like that's like a, you know, something we all do maybe in the sourdough community um, yep. is field questions from like new bakers, aspiring yes. bakers. Like I get a lot of messages in from time to time and, and try to do my best to like give them some advice, um, mm -hmm. which can be challenging when, when for beginners, because you forget like what a beginner might ask versus like an intermediate or you know, so oh, absolutely. So, but this is something you've, you've started doing like uh, consulting coaching. Yeah. So I like, I think most other cottage bakers who have been doing it for a while was getting a lot of questions from people. Um, and then like a lot of repeat, like a lot, a lot of repeat questions, repeat people who are just starting out and really wanted just like my advice, or I'd get people saying, can you mentor me? Mm. Um, and I was like, well, I want to help you. And also I, have two small children and I solo parent a lot. And like, uh, I have a life and like, I need to support my family. Yeah. So I was finding that I was spending a lot of my time answering questions and giving pretty solid advice for free. Yeah. Um, and I realized I needed to have a little bit more of a paywall behind it just to take sure. care of myself and also like help others. Cause if I had been able to pay someone for an hour of their time to be like, I'm starting totally. out and I'm lost, you know, mm -hmm. like I would happily have spent that money. Sure. So, you know, I have that on there as something that people can feel comfortable being like, Oh, I really would love to have an hour of your time mm -hmm. to know exactly like what you did, what you think could apply to this situation, especially having the knowledge of the commercial kitchen versus the home kitchen and all of that. Um, I think yeah. that's been really helpful for people who have gotten started and are like looking for help. And I think the people who I've talked to so far have really, Felt like that was like a nice touchstone to totally. I, I like such a, a a valuable yeah. product. Like that, I mean, that's yeah. what it is. You know, like yeah, it can feel so overwhelming. And I think, and that's also something I'm working on. I feel like I've been saying I'm working on it for a long time, but um, I'm working on like a little ebook on cottage bakeries because when you start out, this isn't like something people go to school for, right? Most of us, I feel like most cottage bakers I know are doing it maybe with little kids around, like it's very, we're like renegades, right? Mm. We're like carving out a space in the world in this very mm. weird way. And when I started it out, I was like, I'm nuts. Like who does this? And I remember finding Justin on humble through like the bread bakers build or something and being like, oh, there's someone else who does this thing. <laughs> and I, and I think, um, it's so you're, if you, can find someone to like, look at Instagram is so great in that way to be like, Oh, you are in this weird space that we're all in where we're not commercial really, but we're certainly not just home bakers. Like, what are you doing? How are you fitting mm -hmm. this into your family home? Mm -hmm. You know, it's nice to have someone to, to bounce ideas off. Well, of it's, that. It makes so much sense. I can't believe I can't think of another 
book like that, like a cottage baker how to like, yeah, I, I, it certainly would be a challenge with all of the different, you know, rules, but there are general, tr you know, themes and lessons to right. be learned and applied across the board, I think. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's genius. I can't, yeah, I hope you, you put something out soon. I, I'd love to. I know. To I'm, see I have that. like a rough draft of like an article. I need to kind of flesh it out and, and you know, when I get that magical unicorn time that I would love to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's brilliant, brilliant. Much needed. Um, I think it would be very well received in our community. So mm -hmm. best of luck um, with that. Um, so yeah, hit, hit Annie up for some bakery coaching, new bakers. That was, um, well, Well, this I'll just ask uh, from Baking Mo. Um, oh, I love Baking Mo. He's so says, great. Yeah, he says, you're the queen of the, the four cast iron bakery, <laughs> as we talked about. Um, what's, what is some advice for um, aspiring cottage bakers? Um, just starting out, he asks. Don't lift with your back. <laughs> I, I like that's my big thing is how I like how I did this how I did those insert expletive cast irons for three mm. years was was squat as lots of squats yes yeah. squat it will help you squat that's like my biggest thing with the cast irons and pay like think about where you're putting your money because you don't need to put your money into certain things like mm. you know you can prove your bread in cheap bowls Right. But like <clears throat> get good gloves, mm, mm -hmm. you know, like invest in your own safety and well-being and the other stuff, like be very deliberate about where you're putting your money and also uh, know your numbers. Speaking of money, like look mm, at your numbers, mm -hmm. make sure you know how much your products cost, how much everything costs, um, any overhead that you've got. Be really deliberate about those choices because bakery margins are so thin, even in a cottage bakery. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I, these are all things like, again, you're getting into it. That No, that's a great one. Like, th think about your numbers and, mm -hmm. and you know, it, it, some people, it depends <laughs> on where you are on like the hobby um, yeah. profession spectrum, I guess, you know, um, where, you know, when you're thinking about margins and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's, it's really key if you're thinking about doing this for long term or growing it. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I come at it from that place of like, we very much needed the income. So I didn't want to be like throwing my time away or, and my money away at something that wasn't going to, you know, be profitable. But yeah, for, for aspiring bakers or new bakers, make sure you're taking care, take care of your investments, whether that's like, you know, your cast iron pans or your knees or your back. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Cause especially if it's a one person show, like you, mm -hmm. you, treat your you know if you, if you pull something in your back lifting a, a 10 pound cast iron mm -hmm. pot like or a, uh, or a 50 pound bag of flour <laughs> or a 50 pound bag of flour, you're you're going to be hurting for a while and there's nobody else to you know yeah that up for you so it'll cost you a lot of money and time yeah for sure I'll try to i'll try to wrap it up i i, I am curious though as another look, cottage baker and i think a lot of people would be interested just just maybe like what's what's a typical week at the family crumb look like like are, are you baking how many times are you baking yeah i bake two days a week uh right now ideally i think my goal is eventually to be baking one day a week 
all, mm-hmm. every week and then adding in a pop-up here and there and then doing other work in the meantime, building up the bakery coaching more, doing more writing um, and recipe uh, development and things like that. However, right now what's going on is I bake on Tuesdays and Fridays uh, if it's a pre-order week or sometimes I do a pop-up on a Saturday um, and it's about six days of work. So, you know, the, the off quote unquote day is feeding the starter, milling, pre-scaling, all of that. That's on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, Mondays and Thursdays are mixed days. So for me, um, both of my kids are in school. I wake up at about five on mixed day and I mix everything. And then my kids wake up, we do the whole get ready for school thing, drive everyone. And then when I get back, the auto lease is over and I add salt and water. Um, and whatever else. And then I mix the cookies and whatever else I'm making, pretzels, orange rolls, et cetera. And then I shape right around 10 or 11, depending on the weather and how cold my water was and all of the other factors. Um, but my hard line is I got to be done by the time I have to pick up my children from school. Um, and then Tuesdays and Fridays are bake day. So again, I wake up around 5 a.m. Mm. on those days and bake at least one load of bread before I have to take kids to school or get them ready for school. Um, and then, yeah, bake. And then pick, pick up is at noon. And like, you know, we I call it the bread speakeasy. We call it the bread shed. There's a metal cabinet on my porch. Oh, nice. Um, I learned the hard way that plastic will just not do because the squirrels will chew through it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that happened early on once we started the like bread pickup. Yeah. Uh, and then Wednesdays, yeah, then we're back, back to where it is. And then Saturday is like my, my day off. But as any Instagram follower knows, Fridays, it's pizza Friday. So I take my Monday bread dough. I always take the scraps and I set them aside. And then Friday, they're nice and they're like overproofed, which I love for pizza. Mm. And I just take the scraps and we make pizza and we watch a kid's movie and, you know, go to bed by like 9 p.m. And it's the best day of the week. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's I love hearing how other bakers, especially like parents, you know, like how do you fit in raising young kids, getting them to school, like into a schedule uh, it's interesting that you said you know, you're looking to go from two bakes to one bake. Where I'm, I'm always oh, should I go to two bakes a week? Because again, mm. it's like one bake a week is actually three or four days of work. And so if you do two bakes, that's like a, six days of, you know, forget yep. about Saturdays if you're you know gonna do like a farmers market or something like. Totally. So. Yeah, and like you, I don't know if this is true for other bakers. Cause you know, in California, people might be more impassioned about bread. I have no idea, but, um, I have to do the small items. I find that when I don't do cookies or bagels or whatever, um, particularly the cookies, people forget to order bread. So like, if I do a cookie, people are like, Oh, I'll go on her website and I'll look at the, and, and then they get bread. And it's, uh, and so it's all juggling all of those little pieces. It's, yeah. it's tricky, but if you're deliberate about it, it it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, and that's the thing. I think, uh, we've talked about our like sourdough community and just, it's again, it's, mm. it's, it's really encouraging to like talk to, to you, to talk to, you know, other people out there like Justin or, or yeah. Bonnie who are, you know, doing yeah. this, doing it with kids, you know, um, and it's a lot of work, but you know, at the same time, I know for me and I'm sure it's for you the same. It's like, you're building community like with, you know, especially as you might imagine or can agree with like 
coming to a new town and like mm-hmm. um, making relationships through bread. Like you start oh, a new so meaningful friendship. It's so and, great. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. how it's been for me. And, uh, and so anyway, it's, it's always inspiring to see what is going on out there. And I think you're like one of those bakers for me. It's like, wow, okay. If Annie's doing this, I know I could do, you know, it's like, I, I you're in, it's, it's inspiration is what I'm saying to see you doing oh, what you're you. doing out there in Arkansas. And even though we're, uh, hours, uh, time, uh, uh, you know, uh, time zones away and, uh, yeah. many states away. Um, I, I see what you're doing out there and I appreciate you and I appreciate all your encouragement and thank you. And I know many, many people out there would say the same thing. So can't oh, wait to, to share this uh, conversation with everybody. Well, thanks so much for having me. And we get to hang out IRL for real. I think, I hope, right? Are you coming out to California soon? I'm coming to California in June. Wait, what's that? I think there's that. Are you? What's happening? Now we're we're entering into recording territory. I'm like, we're gonna see each other in real life in June. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 With yes. Noel. Yes. Yeah. And Bonnie and oh, Sarah. Oh, awesome. And, okay. Yeah, I Sarah forget who, who was on that chain, but yes, I'm stoked for that. I that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, I'm like now. I'm trying to remember who's on that. Well, and of course Justin. Yeah. It's gonna be a real bread bonanza. It's going to be crazy, crazy times. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to be more bread than woman by the time I get home. <laughs> well, that'll be good uh, to see you guys in real life, real, real life. Yeah. Um, IRL. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Annie, how could people connect with you? Um, where can they find class? And most importantly, how can they get your bread? Um, okay. So if you are in Arkansan, um, I do pre-orders through our website um, and then if you've forgotten to order and you need to do last minute, I do in our stories, I'll be like extras. Um, and you can do it on there. Nice. If you are far away, you cannot order my bread cause it's illegal and I cannot ship it to you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but if you're far away and you want to support me, you can do bakery coaching with me, or you could order one of our really funny pieces of merch. Um, we have like silly stickers and bread mugs, bread friends are the best friends. Mugs Love it. And t-shirts I got Yes, you've got yours. And I, I think I'm about to get well, I am about to get a new sticker that says um I'm bread serious. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Somebody else uh, wanted to know about your uh, your bread puns, but we won't go into that territory. Oh my bread. Yeah. Well, a part of it has to do with the fact that my the people I'm closest with in the world are the most my brother and sister-in-law are like the most hilarious people in the world. <laughs> and my brother has a marketing brain like he could be half asleep and just tout off amazing slogans. No, yeah. So yeah, one day he's like, Hey, I'm not kidding. I'm red serious. And I'm I was like, serious. Oh, why are you so funny? There's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I swear he could just like vomit out words. And I'd be like, that's going on a sticker. So that's, that's the bread. That's it's, I mean, yeah. Awesome. So if you need goofy merch, it's on our website. Yes. No, we all, <laughs> we all need uh, a bread friends are the best friends mug in our life. Um, they're pretty great. Or t-shirts. So, all right, Annie. Well, thank you so much for talking with me tonight. It's been so much fun, and I yes, I learned a lot. I I know a lot of people are excited um, just from my Instagram feed uh, to hear from you. So, can't wait to share it with oh, everybody. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening. The Sourdough Podcast is produced by Michael Hilburn and edited by Caleb Sexton. All music is by Weston Perry. 
Thanks again to our main sponsor of this episode, Tyler at The Wire Monkey Shop. You can find music and products by clicking on links in the show notes of this episode. And be sure to head over to thesourdoughpodcast.com where you can find exclusive recipes from our guests as well as cookbook and gear recommendations, previous episodes, and more. If you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to tell a couple bread friends. You can also support the podcast by purchasing a Sourdough Podcast t-shirt, coffee mug, or UFO lom at thesourdoughpodcast.com backslash shop. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.